athletic competition. It can easily be broken down into two parts. The minutes or hours it takes to complete the event. Then weeks, months, and years of joy or heartbreak. Finally, the decades to analyze and debate it. From the press box to press row, Donald Ware will break it all down for you with an in-depth look at historically black college athletics, as well as the biggest news stories and newsmakers of the day. It's time to talk the talk with those who walk the walk. From the press box to press row, here's your host, Donald Ware. I think very deeply. In about four seconds, a teacher will begin to speak. I think very deeply. Welcome to another edition of the program. I am your host, Donald Ware. Always glad to be with you here on the program. A lot to get to today. I've been telling everyone that I can. I went 6-0 last week. I went 6-0 last week in the NFL playoffs. Got every game right. Probably should not have gotten the Jacksonville and Chargers game right, but I got it right. Uh, the Chargers old, uh, just fell apart, and Jacksonville came back 6-0, and and you guys know how I do it. Love uh, to pick the National Football League, and, and uh, lo- well, love the league, and love, uh, uh, I've always liked the National Football League, and uh, was excited. I just, you know, I just wanted to share that with you, 6-0, and every single game I got right. We'll see what happens this week, because... Similar to last year, I think I went five and one in the first round last year and then went like two and two and then so on and so forth. It was pretty much even the rest of the way. But I'm looking to improve upon last year in the next round. Right. So uh, in the divisional round. So very much looking forward um, uh, to that, to the NFL games we have this weekend. We've got there's just so much that's going on. You look at the NFL I mean, all the sports, uh, except for Major League Baseball, we got tennis uh, that is happening now. So it's it's a really good time when it comes to sports. So a lot to get to today on the program. Listen, I want to. You know what I want to start? Where I want to start today here on the show? I want to start with Ed Reed. And even before I give you my thoughts, I I, I think it is important to, and you've heard me say this many times to talk about things within the confines of them happening in the proper context, right? So I don't want to give you my thoughts before you've heard from Ed Reed, right? From, from, from the horse's mouth. This is not something that was written or something that someone said. These are the comments, some of the comments that Ed Reed who we don't really know. I mean, I guess he's the head football coach at Bethune-Cookman, sort of. Like, we really don't know. He he apparently, by his own words, has not officially signed the contract. And if you remember going back a couple of weeks ago when Bethune-Cookman made the announcement in the release, it said we have agreed in principle for Ed Reed to become the new head football coach at Bethune-Cookman. Got to be very, very careful about words. I think in the business that we're in here, 
I mean, I, I look at things like that. That doesn't mean, it, it means, yes, in theory, but in actuality, is he, in fact, the head football coach at Bethune-Cookman? That is still up in the air. I've got some thoughts. Listen to these comments by Ed Reed, who is a Pro Football Hall of Famer. A couple of weeks ago, Bethune-Cookman made the announcement that they've agreed in principle for Ed Reed to be the next head football coach. Listen to what Ed Reed said on his TikTok account when referencing, and this is in part, Right, but I'm going to play as much of it as I can for the time that we have in this segment. What Ed Reed said about Bethune-Cookman and other HBCUs. And by the way, we some of the language is uh, is could be disturbing. Uh, right. So we've beeped it out. You know how we do here on the program. Family oriented show. But uh, again, Ed Reed on Bethune-Cookman and HBCUs from his TikTok account. You saw the front of the building. Terrible. This the back of the building. They working on the front of the building. This the same people said, we gonna help you build what you want. How I'm gonna believe you, man? How I'm gonna believe them? Didn't I tell you I don't trust nobody? I'm coming over giving them the same passion and they smiling and laughing in my thing funny? We're going to ride through the fence that these, they ain't fixed the fence. We about to ride through this fence. This ain't even football side. This ain't even the football side. And y'all talking about Madden at my uncle Prime. Y'all mad at Dion, mad at Prime. This shit is every HBCU. Bro, we riding through the fence. This is track, bro. This is track. This is what they practice on. It's a straightaway. This is in a mirror field. You can't practice on this. These kids got this to work with. Trash. Yeah, I'm showing it. At this point, I got to show this. I'm not even the head coach. Congratulations. Man, I should go my ass home. I said I should. I ain't. It ain't happening. Because of that lady right there. Because of her right there. Miss Mary, you see her with the cane? Coach Kane, that's what you call me. Coach Kane is who I am. Don't cry, do something. Y'all see these buildings right here? You see these buildings right here? Y'all see these buildings right here? This corner? Y'all see this right here? This here? This is abandoned right here. They're hoarding trash in this. All this right here is trash. From this corner 
all the way right here is trash. You understand me? Man, munch your ass off here, man. What you talking about? I ain't mutt nobody. I'm trying to fix shit. What you doing? I told you somebody ain't gonna like it, bro. I told you somebody wasn't gonna like it. Do something about it, man. Come help us clean this shit up. I could have been mutting and showing shit. I chose not to. But now I'm out here walking with the football team, picking up trash. But I'm mutting us. Man, get out of here, man. I should leave. I'm not even under contract doing this. I'm mutting us. Man, get out of here, man. They mutt me. These motherfuckers ain't even clean my goddamn office when I got here. I'm mutting y'all. Get your ass, man. Come on, man. Come on, man. All this shit here was trash in front of me. Who you think got this shit cleared out? That building right there got trash in it. It's trash. What are you talking about? Need no god donors to come out and help out because people just want money. That's why I don't hell, that's why I don't fuck with social network. So that from Ed Reed's TikTok account a little bit earlier in the week. I'm gonna give you my thoughts, but before I give you my thoughts, as a matter of fact, I'm gonna give you my thoughts in the next segment. So that was earlier in the week. He has since issued an apology which I'm going to read to you right now. He's since issued an apology, uh, apology, excuse me, um, on Wednesday. He issued this on his Twitter account. Uh, now, remember, at the end of that, he said he didn't mess with, in essence, didn't mess with social, right? I, I mean, that's in essence what he said. Uh, but this is what he said on his Twitter account. And I'm going to read it verbatim. I regards to my social media and comments, about the university, staff, and other institutions, I would like to sincerely apologize to all BCU staff, students, and alumni for my lack of professionalism. My language and tone were unacceptable as a father, coach, and leader. My passion for our culture, betterment, and bringing our foundation up got the best of me, and I fell victim while engaging with antagonists on social media as well. I am fully aware of the hardworking folks at our school who are also fighting to make things better and more financially sound. I am encouraged from my communication with my AD and our administration and understand it's a work in progress. My passion is about getting and doing better. And that goes for me too. end quote. So those are the the apology from Ed Reed on his Twitter account. I'm going to have more thoughts on this in the next segment. Joining us here today on Box to Row, the Morgan State Bears 10 and 8 on the season 3 and 0 in MEAC play and have won six straight games on the road on Saturday at Howard making the 45 minute trip to Washington, D.C. Kevin Broaddus, the head men's basketball coach at Morgan State, going to join us on the program. Also, still to come, my NFL predictions up next 
I've got thoughts on it reads comments. It was so such a drag. Cause I know it will be difficult to see her again. I would miss her more than I miss all of my friends. Even though we was little, this love was unique. And this is what I say to my love, Monique, because... The old renaissance is the new renaissance, standing on tradition while embracing the spirit of distinction. This is the Harlem Brewing Company, uniquely crafted beer brewed to deliver a taste, a sound, and a feeling that can only be described in one way, Harlem style. So come and take a trip on the A-Train with our Harlem Sugar Hill Golden Ale and our Harlem Renaissance Whitbeer, the neighborhood original. Sponsored by Harlem Beer Distributing North Carolina. Served in total wine all over North Carolina. Fresh Market in North Carolina and Virginia. Weaver Street Market in Raleigh, Durham, Carborough, and Hillsborough. You can also purchase in Durham at Zwelly's, Saltbox, Sam's Bottle Shop, and Bull McCabe's. And in Greensboro at Elm Street Lounge and Cooper's Ale House. Can your IRA stand up to the next financial crisis that our top economists are saying is at our doorsteps? By allocating a percentage of your IRA into physical gold and silver with a tax-free rollover, you can diversify and safeguard your holdings from turbulent markets and economic downturns by putting your IRA back on the gold standard. Find out how to safeguard your assets with a tax-free rollover with a Genesis Gold IRA. The only IRA that can hold physical precious metals. Call now for your free gold and silver report. Protect your IRA today with one simple phone call and learn how to qualify for up to $10,000 in free silver. Call Genesis Gold Group, empowering faith-driven stewardship. 800-932-5517. 800-932-5517. That's 800-932-5517. On last week's From the Press Box to Press Row with Donald Ware. Vincent Brown, the new head football coach at North Carolina a Coach Parcells really gave me my entry into coaching outside of the high school ranks because he allowed me to intern uh, one summer with them in 2005. And then the very next year, he hired, hired me to coach the inside linebackers. And through the relationships of, you know, being with him and, that staff organization has really helped carry my career uh, from that point forward. From the press box to press row is one of the hottest sports talk shows in the country. Join Donald each week as he takes you on a journey through the world of HBCU sports and pro sports and interviews with top sports and entertainment figures. That's from the press box to press row each week on your favorite station. Back to From the Press Box to Press Row with Donna Ware. Still to come here, my thoughts on the NFL playoffs. Looking forward to that and looking forward to making some picks. I want to get your thoughts on who you think will win not only this weekend, but will make it to the Super Bowl. So let's get back to Ed Reed and I originally saw this on 
Sunday. Just at home relaxing, got the fire going, watching some National Football League. I can't even remember who was playing at the time. And then I see this come across. I see this come up. And when I initially watched the TikTok video by that Ed Reed made, my initial thought, especially when he talked about they didn't even clean my office, you know, that my initial thought was, wow, you know, that that's that's something else. Right. But then when he continues to go on and uh, was talking about all HBCU, see, that's the thing. That's the thing that got me. And he's remember quoting him. This S is every HBCU. Now, that's what he said. OK, so, you know, I, that I, I, I and. That rubbed me the wrong way. I mean, that's that's first and foremost, because these it, it, there's a lot to unpack here, even before I talk about every HBCU, the trash that he was talking about and showed on the TikTok video. And I think this is um, for you to get the full context. You would you would really need to watch it. Well, who put the trash there? Why was the trash there? Was the, was there someone that had nothing to do with Bethune Cookman, you know, trashed the place and nobody knew about it. I mean, why was the trash there? Like, like we have to know, I think, why that happened, okay? I think to make a TikTok video, and, and again, I'm going to tell you my initial thought. Uh, I had three words after I thought about, after I saw, saw this in its entirety, in its context, my three words, not three thoughts, the three words I had was, Cut bait now. Okay? If you're Bethune Cookman, cut bait now. Because again, as the, when this was announced a couple of weeks ago, or actually it was before Christmas, and when the press release said that they've come to an agreement with him in principle to become the next head football coach at Bethune Cookman, and he said it in his own words. I ain't even the coach. That's what he said. Okay. Bethune Cookman, you're not under any obligation to have Ed Reed as your next head football coach. Listen, when I heard this from the very jump, when I heard that he was going to be, when, when the press release came out, my initial thought was, why? I mean, why? Ed Reed has no previous head coaching experience. He doesn't know about HBCUs, obviously. Why, 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 if you're Bethune Cookman, would you make this move? There's so many qualified coaches out there and I get it. You want to, you know, Bethune Cookman's kind of funny. And I look and I go back to uh, the, go back to Bethune Cookman making the move to the SWAC after Florida A&M did. And I maybe halfway jokingly said, well, that's why Bethune Cookman made the move because Florida A&M made the move. Well, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, why? What is the purpose? Because, okay, he's a pro football Hall of Famer. He has some notoriety. You're, if you're Bethune Cookman, I guess you're trying to go the the Jackson State route with Deion Sanders. Now, you know, I've had many things to say about Deion Sanders, as you know, over his time. I've I've written. Uh, a couple of pieces and and uh, talked about it minimally on this program because as I stated to you before, look, I'm, we're not going to spend 
a lot of time talking about Deion Sanders because a lot of other things that we need to talk about. All those other people that want to do that and people that that their their entities came about because of Deion Sanders at Jackson State, more power to you, good for you. He's gone now, what now, right? I ain't got time for that. I'm not, you know, that's not what our focus is, okay? That was not what our focus was. But do we want, he's not Deion Sanders, right? Um, he doesn't ha- He doesn't have the career, as you clearly saw there in what we know from a historical standpoint. He, he clearly wasn't Deion Sanders. He didn't have the charisma of Deion Sanders. Yes, he's a pro football Hall of Famer, but the notoriety of Ed Reed being the head football coach at Bethune-Cookman is not going to get the same notoriety that Jackson State got with Deion Sanders there. That's number that's number one. So I'm, I'm wondering what, what why was there have so many other qualified people out there that can get the job done that are former HBCU people and are former National Football League players. I mean, I look at the hire of Vincent Brown at North Carolina A&T, right? We talked about this last week. Checks all of the boxes except for having been a head football coach. HBCU grad. Coached at HBCU institutions, coached at non-HBCU institutions, coached on the FCS level, coached on the FBS level, uh, won a national championship on the FCS level, played in the National Football League at a very high level. Remember, three times All-Pro, okay, successful, and he's a Bill Parcells disciple. So, and coached on the National Football League level. That's all you need to know. Good hire. Okay, and we'll see ultimately what happens. But on the surface, a good hire. Maybe Ed Reed could be a good hire, right? But you hire a man that showed you in my, and you can he can apologize all he wants. To me, you at Bethune Cookman hired a man that showed his true colors. Now, this is supposed to be the head football coach of a Division One program, okay? This is how you act and go on TikTok and speak in this manner? I mean, he addressed it in the, in the apology, my tone, the language, the professionalism. He was right on. They were all wrong, okay? Now, again, so many different ways. He came on TikTok in that manner, but why didn't he come on TikTok and make the apology? He went to Twitter to make the apology. Why not come on TikTok to make the apology? Okay, listen, people generally tend to apologize because they know they're wrong. And Ed Reed was way wrong, um, as he stated, rightfully so. His language, you're a, listen, I get it, on the field, right? If you're on the field, coach, I've heard coaches, and sometimes in in Prescott, I get it, coaches curse all the time. You know, you use language, but that's the nature of athletics and specifically football. This was premeditated. This was, I mean, in, in, in a way, right? Like you, what he said may have not been prescripted or premeditated, but to come on TikTok and do it was premeditated. So to do that, to me, showed your true colors, lack of professionalism, cursing, and then to show all of that 
at an HBCU. We know our HBCU struggle. We got it, right? Bethune-Cookman, listen, let's, let's look at the history of Bethune-Cookman, founded by Mary McLeod Bethune, okay? It is a private institution in the Deep South. So think about all the years that Bethune-Cookman had to come up and go through what it went through in the racist state of Florida for all of those years, right? And still able to survive to 2023, okay? That's a lot, right? And for, so Bethune-Cookman as a university, and, and again, I, I, I get it, I'm saying, well, Bethune-Cookman was wrong to hire Ed Reed in the, in the first place. Um, so I can't, I, in, for me, I can't defend Bethune-Cookman there, but that's a, that's a personal opinion, okay? But facts are, in, it, it is a private institution. That's a fact. Um, racism still exists now, but particularly when you, the, the, when you go in the South, you know, that's a fact. You know, segregation is a, was a fact, okay? And for Bethune-Cookman to come through all of that to get to the point now has been absolutely tremendous. So, yes, there are going to be some struggles along the way because a lot of those struggles, okay, date back to all of the, the, the racism, the segregation, all of those things that have happened in our society and no doubt to our HBCUs and specifically in this instance in Daytona Beach in the state of Florida, okay? And you can, st I mean, it's still racism uh, happening as we know it. Uh, and, uh, you know, you know, Bethune-Cookman has gone through some hard times. So, you know, to down Bethune-Cookman like that, and I'm not going to excuse the, tr I mean, again, I don't know where the trash came from. I, I have no idea. I mean, did somebody come, was there some kind of party? Did somebody, did somebody from the outside come and, and do that? I have no idea. Like, but to show that, right, in ex totally unprofessional, in the demeanor in which it was said and totally inexcusable, inexcusable. And this is where, I mean, I'm not going to sit here. I'm going to give Deion Sanders a little bit of props, okay, because at least when he came out and said certain things, there he had some tact about it, some tact. Like everything Deion said wasn't, wasn't wrong. There's a lot of problems at our HBCUs. I'm an HBCU grad. I came from Morgan. It's problems at all. You know, I've worked for and at HBCUs for a good majority of my career, right? We, I've written about this years ago because one of the things I said years ago, maybe six, seven years ago, that, yes, our HBCUs have problems, but guess what? They're our HBCUs, and we have we can talk about it's not that anybody else can talk about them but we understand i'm not saying that it's right what i am saying is that bethune cookman has gone through a lot over the years uh that it has been in existence it is a private school it's not a public school so it's going to have a little bit more problems than a a school ordinarily would now and again the trash point i want to be clear about this i don't know where the trash came from Okay. I don't know where the where the, the uh, trash came from, so I'm not, you know, I, I I can't really speak on that. Okay, he mentions didn't clean. They didn't even clean my office. Listen, I got to take a break. Sorry about that. I got to take a break. Uh, when we come back, 
I want to talk more about this. And again, I promise still to come some National Football League talk here on the program. But I want to really talk a little bit more about this Ed Reed situation. Uh, and uh, uh, really bad, a terrible look for Ed Reed in of himself and Bethune-Cookman and our schools. I'll have more thoughts on this on the other side. Keep it locked. You're listening to From the Press Box to Press Row. That is the voice of Steph Curry. Your progress from Davidson to now with Golden State. Where I've come from in high school into a small D1 college at Davidson. Uh, it's a great story, and uh, I'm just having fun you know, living my dream and riding the ride. That, of course, the voice of Bianca Belair. EST is in the building. That's what Sasha Banks and I are going to do. We're going to uh, WrestleMania. We're going to create history. We're going to be the first two black females to have a title match at WrestleMania. I would say representation is it's not a requirement. Plus it's a requirement and I'm going to, to try to become SmackDown Miss Champion but it's more than just creating a moment and becoming a champion just by us standing in the ring we are representation for women and for black women and so that's an amazing feeling to be able to be that, be that person and be on that platform and the granite state of them all and and be able to create history. It's just, it's an honor. That is the voice of Kevin Durant. I'm excited I get to play for him. They support us in everything we do. You know, it's a joy to, you know, go to work and, and know that you're going to be, uh, you know, they're going to cheer for you as loud as they can, no matter who you're playing. I'm talking about none other than Serena Williams. That was definitely one of the better matches I've ever played. I've had it just like that. You know, it's really focused. It's really, you know, excited. Rob Manfred is the commissioner of Major League Baseball. Players that have been accused in their career of using performance-enhancing drugs, should they be in the Baseball Hall of Fame? I'm going to focus on one word in your question, okay? Accused. Players who have tested positive or there's otherwise been real solid proof that they were involved with performance-enhancing drugs, I think that Hall of Fame writers are entitled to make their own judgment about those players as to whether they think that performance-enhancing drugs or their use of performance-enhancing drugs should prevent them from being in the Hall of Fame. You cannot determine who used performance-enhancing drugs by the way a player looks. It's simply not possible. The one and only Michael Strahan. Always good to talk to you. Hopefully next time it won't be, what, 14 years you get to it. <laughs> Man, you know what it's good? And, and, and uh, you're encouraging people to be better and do better. And, and that's what I love, man. So thank you. I appreciate you. I'm talking about none other than Common. Well, I ended up in FAM just because I wanted to major in business. And FAM, you had the illustrious school of business. Then I found out that business was the key. That's what I wanted to do. NBA All-Star Chris Paul. That was great to bring it back to one Salem State University, a uh, black college. Something that my city had never seen before, may never see again. And just having a up-close and personal feeling with LeBron James, Kevin Durant, Melodes. It was exciting. I'm grateful for those guys coming out. He is Stephen A. Smith. Congratulations on all the things y'all have done. Congratulations. Keep up the hard work. Went to Salem State where I had an absolute ball. The only part that was bad uh, was the basketball because my first year there, I cracked my kneecap in half. If I had one thing that I could do over, it would be that I would be there 100% healthy so I could really showcase what I could do. But outside of that, there's absolutely nothing that I would have changed. It was the greatest years of my life. Simone Biles. I guess I just go in there with a positive, open mind of 
just doing what we do in training and going out there and doing the best that we can do and just have fun with it. I didn't really think of the outcome, but I knew that we had been training hard and we were re we were just ready. Greatest football player to ever play, Jim Brown. Muhammad Ali was a principal person in the country at the time, and he stood up and said that he was not going to the service because it was against his religion. Called all the top black athletes together, along with Carl Stoke, the first black mayor of a major city. So I'm glad you brought that particular incident up. Snoop Dogg is on the mic. Pay attention. Oh, man, thank you for having me play in a real way. I mean, I'm so honored. Still be football leaders. There are so many wonders. We got over 200 kids that have graduated from high school. We have over 50 kids that have going to Division One. Kyrie Irving. Playing at Duke for Coach K. What was that like and how that prepared you for the league now? Playing 11 games, you know, a lot of people think that's not a you know, big package for you to become a better player, but for me it was. Playing for Coach K, he gave me the keys to, to the car and I was driving it in first eight games and you know, being a part of something special like that and having a brotherhood built at an institution such as that one is an experience that you never forget. Ice Cube has been our guest. Hey man, thanks for letting me talk a little music, movies, and sports. Hey, my favorite three topics. Hey everybody, what's going on? This is Anthony Anderson, international movie star and funny mother. <laughs> and you're listening to From the Press Box to Press Row. From the Press Box to Press Row is the sports talk show that is the voice and the talk of HBCU sports with a player for pro sports talk and entertainment. Check the show out online at www.boxtorow.com. That's From the Press Box to Press Row, real, relevant, radio. We're back here on the program. You can join us on the conversation. We're talking Ed Reed and his comments relating to Bethune-Cookman and HBCUs on his TikTok account. If you haven't heard that by now, I invite you to Google it and find out more about it. But we're discussing that. Any thoughts you may have on that situation, anything that I've had to say, it's all good. Hit me up via Twitter at BoxToRow, B O X T O. R-O-W, talking on the other side. And like I said, I mean, you know, Bethune-Cookman's a private school. I mean, its roots go all the way back um, to really to 18, to eat, to really to 1872. Mary McLeod Bethune founded the Daytona Educational and Industrial Training School for Negro Girls in 1904. Uh, Cookman Institute of Jacksonville was founded in 1872. The two uh, schools merged in, um, uh, in, uh, in 1923 and uh, thus uh, in, in well 1924 and thus you have uh, Bethune-Cookman okay so listen it's it, it you know we know right like let's even look at the state schools and I mean I, you know we got to be honest about this thing like you know it, it, we we talk sports and all those kind of things but let's be honest I mean our schools have been underfunded for many, many years and are still underfunded. I mean, I got a release the other day. And remember we were talking about they're going back some five, six, five or six years ago, maybe not quite that long ago when South Carolina State thought it may have to close its doors. And I'm thinking to myself, really? The, would, and I get it, they're, they're, state budgets and, and when you're talking about institutions are an extension of, Institutions that that it that is are an extension of this that particular state. So they have budgets. You know they're an entity of the state. So in this case, South Carolina State University is an entity of the state of South Carolina. Okay, and 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 
and and and really, I mean, you have some schools that that found were founded as private schools that came under the state. I mean, Grambling's one. Morgan State is another school. Those weren't state always state schools uh, because maybe of financial reasons or what have you. They came under the auspices of the state. I'm not sure of South Carolina State's background. I would imagine it was a state institution by way of its name uh, from the jump. Okay. But remember, they were talking about closing it uh, some years ago. And I'm like, really, the state of South Carolina would allow for one of its schools to close. Now, again, as I mentioned, they get us. There's a state budget. They they get the budget and all of that. So the 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 uh, the, the the board, uh, the chancellor or the president of the school is responsible for that budget and and, and, and enrollment and all those things to to make money um, uh, for the for the state in essence and i realize sometimes you're going to have situations where people don't act right with the money i get all of that maybe that's what happened at south carolina state but i say all that to say south carolina state i got a release saying that south carolina state is asking for 209 million dollars from the legislature for campus improvements and other needs now i didn't get into the whole the whole uh, press release, but it did break down in terms of the money and how it would be used. Okay. Best believe that a school like South Carolina state was underfunded. Like most of our HBCUs compared to the white counterparts. Okay. Underfunded. Okay. I'm going to tell you what, what the HBC, the state HBCUs need to consider doing again schools that are under the auspices of respective states what maryland eastern shore morgan state Bowie state university and uh, coppin state did was sued the state of maryland for all of the underfunding for all of the years that those schools were underfunded because basically because they were black schools okay guess what those schools the four schools i mentioned Maryland Eastern Shore, Morgan State, Bowie State, Coppin State were awarded a half a billion dollars from the state of Maryland for all of the years that those schools were underfunded. Guess what? That's what all of our HBCUs that are state schools, okay, need to do. Sue your respective state. Get your money, okay? And so, again, we know that our schools have, have had problems. They have been underfunded drastically for a number of different reasons, mostly due to race, okay? Um, so our schools are going to have problems, and in this case, you know, I, I again, I, I don't know where the trash came from. I mean, I got to say that because I really don't. But, I mean, you know, and, yes, our, our schools always – uh, run the right way no they're not do we have issues yes when I was a student sure there were things we were like why is it this way I look at Morgan State now under the direction of Dr. David Wilson let me tell you what getting ready to have a medical school okay there's only a handful of HBCUs that have medical schools off the top of my head Howard Meharry Morehouse okay getting ready to have a medical school so <laughs> doing some good some really good things and that's you know, when you have strong leadership, by the way, Dr. Wilson is an HBCU grad also, uh, you're able to get some things done. I think a lot of times you have to make demands of 
people for reparations in fact and you you can get some things done but i get it our schools don't always run the right way i mean but that's all school like no school is perfect even our counterparts have issues too at the state level so let's not pretend like like they don't but our our issues and problems are different problems related to the history of racism and segregation that's generally what happens uh, a lot of times with our schools going back now i'm not saying that's the case now you know but again with the underfunding that goes all the way back to those days okay so not sitting here trying to uh, pretend like our schools don't have problems um i think at the end of the day however for ed reed to paint a broad brush of all hbcus was reckless inexcusable okay and that's fine you want to apologize i mean whatever at the end of the day i'm bethune cookman you know or my advice to bethune cookman for what it's worth not not, you know who am i right would be cut bait now you don't have a contract with him we don't need another repeat of Deion sanders at least at least Deion has some tact okay I don't know. I don't see where Ed Reed has any tact. If you can go onto TikTok to air a grievance like that, use the language you did. And by the way, he had like a, I think it was a cigar in his mouth. I mean, what? You're 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 a head football coach at a, or supposedly at a Division One or in theory at a Division One school. Like, what are we talking about? Un- unbelievable, inexcusable. He definitely. <laughs> if I'm Bethune Cookman, cut bait now. Your thoughts, hit me up via Twitter at box to row B-O-X-T-O-R-O-W. So let me switch gears. I I, I let, let let's let's table that. We we can take that discussion uh to to Twitter. Okay. Take it to Twitter. Uh right. Okay. Let let me switch gears and talk some National Football League and talk about some of the matchups we have this upcoming weekend. Jaguars Chiefs. Yeah, so the Chiefs had a bye. The Jaguars were very fortunate to win that football game, to come back with all of the mistakes uh, in the first half and to come back and to be able to win that football game. I mean, Trevor Lawrence had the worst first half of his profession, or excuse me, of his football career. Came back, made it right. Second half, much better. Uh, there were some things that the Chargers didn't do also. And the Jaguars took advantage. I give the Jaguars all the credit in the world. By the way, um, listen, with the whole Chargers situation, I know they've cut some coaches. Um, I don't think Brandy, Brandon Staley should should have been, nor should he be fired, unless Sean Payton is walking into the building. Um, yeah, he made some mistakes. They they definitely made some mistakes. Um, but that's but again, I think Brandon Staley. I don't think he should be fired behind that. That said, with with respect to the matchup. Between the Chiefs and the Jaguars, I mean, I definitely like the Chiefs. The Chiefs are AFC Championship bound about every year. Have been to two Super Bowls, won one. Uh, good season. Um, Patrick Mahomes is a beast. I, I don't. I mean, he's he obviously lost something uh, in the wide receiver department, but not enough. And but the Chiefs' defense is not great. But I think that the Chiefs have enough offensively, and I like the Chiefs over the Jaguars that game in. Kansas City the Eagles and the Giants it's the Saturday night game Ooh, this is a good one I, I, I thought the Giants would win that game against Minnesota 
And they did. I Listen, I've been liking Daniel Jones. Everybody's kind of late to the party on Daniel Jones. I've been liking Daniel Jones. I just always thought that he needed the right coach, the right offensive coordinator. He has that now in Brian Dayball. They're getting some things done. Um, it's not just Saquon Barkley. And remember, his receiving core isn't elite, isn't top level, and yet he's doing what he what he does. And he had a really, really good game. By the way, his legs have always served him well, and the and the Giants are good. The Eagles are coming off the bye. Um, with respect to the Eagles, Jalen Hurts, as long as he's healthy, all of the weapons he has, the offensive line is good. He's got receivers. He's got a good running game, and that defense is elite. I I definitely, I mean, I think it's an NFC match, East matchup. Um, they, they split during the regular season, but I definitely like the Eagles over the Giants in Philly. The Bills and the Bengals, the early game. Okay, now, ha, this is a tough game. This is a definitely a tough game to pick because you got so many dynamics. I mean, you've got Cincinnati that has just played lights out. You've got you know, the DeMar Hamlin situation with the Bills and the Bills coming off that emotional victory over last week. You've got two elite quarterbacks in Joe Burrow and Josh Allen. Uh, you've got – both teams have receivers. I mean, I think the Bengals receivers are a little bit better, but, I mean, that's not to take anything away from the Bills, and you've got a good running game. Where, where I break is here. The Bengals' offensive line, already a little bit shaky, now has issues on the offensive line with injuries. Yes, the Bengals overcame the offensive line woes last year to make it to the Super Bowl. Um, I look at the Bills, the emotional piece behind all of that. I'm going to go with the Bills over the Bengals. Finally, the 49ers and the Cowboys. Good win. Dak played well. I don't think Dak can get it done in back-to-back weeks. Regardless of whether Dak plays well or not in this football game, I think the 49ers are are way too strong defensively. Brock Purdy's got all kinds of weapons. If you don't believe in Brock Purdy, believe in his weapons. And I definitely like the 49ers over the Cowboys in Santa Clara. Your thoughts, hit me up via Twitter at BoxToRow, B-O-X-T-O-R-O-W. The Morgan State Bears are hot winners of their last six. And Kevin Broaddus, head coach, joins us next. The old renaissance is the new renaissance. Standing on tradition while embracing the spirit of distinction. This is the Harlem Brewing Company. Uniquely crafted beer brewed to deliver a taste, a sound, and a feeling that can only be described in one way. Harlem style. So come and take a trip on the A-Train with our Harlem Sugar Hill Golden Ale and our Harlem Renaissance Whitney, the neighborhood original. Sponsored by Harlem Beer Distributing North Carolina. Served in total wine all over North Carolina. Fresh Market in North Carolina and Virginia. Weaver Street Market in Raleigh, Durham, Carborough, and Hillsborough. You can also purchase in Durham at Zwelly's, Saltbox, Sam's Bottle Shop, and Bull McCabe's, and in Greensboro at Elm Street Lounge and Cooper's Ale House. You're listening to From the Press Box to Press Row. From the Press Box to Press Row. Box to Row. Box to Row. Box to Row. 
Let's keep things moving here on Box to Row. We're joined by a gentleman in his fourth season as the head men's basketball coach at Morgan State. The Bears have won six in a row, including Wednesday's 92-84 victory over Hartford. 10-8 on the season, 3-0 in MEAC play in a big MEAC showdown at Howard on Saturday. Kevin Broadus joins us here on Box to Row. Coach Broadus, welcome back to the program. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Absolutely. Your thoughts, big win on Wednesday over Hartford for your sixth straight victory. Yeah, you know, it, it was a good test for us. Um, one of those games, you know, when you, you schedule it early on, you're like, yeah, we need that break. You know, and maybe, you know, we could, you know, steal a win here at home. But, you know, after it's all said and done, you know, it was a tough game for us because our guys are so focused on the league. And when you bring a team in that's not playing as well, you know, in the standards, you know, we know how that goes. But, you know, the players don't understand, you know, our preparation leading up wasn't as good as I wanted to be. But, you know what, we fought, you know, we persevered, and we, we came out on top. I mean, it was a good test for us. I mean, they really shot the ball well. We got to tighten a few things up defensively because – you know, we get ready to play some tough teams, and it was a good test for us to, to go back into league play, and thankfully we came out of the game healthy. So, you know, we're gearing up now for Saturday, going over to Howard. Is that – I mean, you, you've had a myriad of coaching experiences, and I want to talk about those. Is, is it unusual to play a non-conference team twice in a season? Um, I, we've done it before when I was at Binghamton, Utah Valley State couple of other places but it's it's unusual but it's it's done you know teams do it i mean it's becoming normal in a sense because you know scheduling is a tricky thing nowadays it's it's hard to schedule i mean everyone's trying to get an edge everyone's doing this that and the other but you know you just got to play who plays you and it actually worked out you know Hartford went independent outside of being in the america east all those years and it was hard for them to schedule, so we took on the challenge and we came out victorious both times we played them, which is good for us in the program. Yeah, you did. Uh, your thoughts again? Ten and eight on the season. We're uh, a little bit more than halfway through the season. You're ten and eight and three and zero play. Your thoughts on the season to this point? Um, you know, we're still work in progress. You know, um, um, we we're getting to to a place where you know our guys are understanding what we're trying to do. We're playing hard. We're playing smarter and we're playing together. But, you know, it, it's still a working process. And, um, yes, we're in a good place right now, you know, and we just got to keep keep our focus and try to win games on the road and at home. You know, I think it was a couple of years ago we had you on the program. And, again, this is your fourth season. So, you, you know, you haven't been there uh, an inordinate amount of time. Uh, I, I would say is do you feel like this may be your best team to this point? Uh, you know, I don't know yet. I mean, it remains to be seen. I mean, it's, I like this team a lot. I like the players. I like what we're doing. And, you know, we, we got a lot of new guys and these guys are buying in so far, but we got to keep making sure they buy in. So, yes, I do like the team. You know, I thought our first year we had, you know, guys bought in. So then – some things change, but we've had some good years, and now we're just trying to make this one a good year. 
Kevin Broad is in his fourth season as the head men's basketball coach at Morgan State. Joins us here on Box to Row. As you know, Coach Broad, as you mean, you've got one of the backcourts, one of the best backcourts in the country, Isaiah Burke and Malik Miller. I want to start with Isaiah Burke. Three straight 30-plus point games, including against Hartford. He's averaging 20 points um, a game. He got his 1,000th point of his career, as a matter of fact, in the game uh, on Wednesday. Your thoughts, not only on the way he's playing, but how does also a guy go from averaging 8.6 points per game last year to now 20 points per game this year? Well, his focus, you know, and his his work ethic during the off season, you know, he really amped up this summer because he knows this is his last year. And these guys have put a lot of time in the gym and put a lot of time into their bodies. They've just been working. And then when you when you become a senior, one or two things going to happen. You know, you know it's your last year, it's your last time to do what you're doing, and or you just be selfish. And the good thing about Isaiah and Malik, they haven't been selfish. They've been team players, you know. And it just happened that the, you know, the growth over the four years is, you know, they're starting to show their maturity. I mean, they're getting better every day, every day. And then Malik, it's, it's a big thing to have a thousand points, you know. And Malik surpassed that. A couple games ago, I mean, these guys have had very good career, solid career. So we just got to keep plugging, keep marching forward, and hopefully they keep getting better and the team gets better and, you know, we keep winning. Yeah, and then Malik Miller was our HBCU National Player of the Week. I mean, either one of those guys uh, could have been. I know Malik is, did in terms of from a statistical standpoint, you know, the rebounds and all of the things that he's doing. So just talk about his steady play also. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's – both of them, but, you know, the main thing is they got to keep playing both ends of the floor, not just the offense. Everyone talks about the, the stats, you know, the scoring and, the, you know, the rebounding. And then the rebound is big, but we emphasize they have to play defense as well, and that's a big part of our team. we got to stay focused on stopping guys. And last night I don't think we were as locked in, as focused as we have been. And we got to stay on top of that. So both him and um, – there and, and Malik have both been two-way players, and we got to stay that way. And the rest of the guys on the team got to stay that way. I mean, and it's got to feel great to have those guys in the program because you don't see, especially in nowadays with 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 college athletics, specifically in this case, basketball. Fourth year in, I mean, I guess NIL is what two years old, but I mean, you've been able to have these guys together throughout the course of your time there, and that I mean, that's got to obviously bode well. And not only for them, but the you know the the the, the overall team. It's good for the university. It's good for the team. It's good for all of us. I mean, you don't see a lot of guys now four years in at the same place. You know, with all the transfer portal and all the other stuff going on, but they stuck with it. Both of them will get degrees. Um, that's a beautiful thing, and I'm glad for them. Now, I just want to send them out winners. You know, Kevin brought us the head men's basketball coach at Morgan State joins us here on the program always a good battle uh right when you travel you know 45 minutes down the road uh to howard good meak action um what are some of the challenges that the bison present um you know their guard play is really good um that's the challenge and you know they just they play smart they play they're similar to us you know you know, they have the little guard that can really score, Hawkins. Uh, they got transferred from Maryland. Um, kid that I recruited to Maryland, actually. 
Um, and they got a, a kid from Penn. I mean, they got some good players. They, they pose a, you know, a solid foundation. They give could give us a problems like last year. They they swept us last year, so we're looking forward to uh, changing that. And the year before, we swept them, so we're looking forward to in this game and you know keep keep plugging forward. You know, during Morgan's homecoming, Morgan's homecoming football game, you were in in the press box. I happened to be there as well. You you look like you you're just having a lot of fun. You know, overall at Morgan, et cetera. You, how, how much fun are you having coaching right now at, at Morgan State? Having a lot of fun. You know, it's fun. I mean, we got great leadership, Dr. Wilson. I have a great athletic director, uh, Dina. I mean, they they've given us everything we need you know we just gotta you know hold up the end of our bargain um i like the place you know i actually i live closer to howard i still live down in dc but i like this travel coming up here every day and working for good people and working with the good people i mean it's not just dr wilson and dina the whole department and the whole administration there's a lot of good people here and they want to see us to be be successful yeah and you're now Things have changed since I lived in Washington, having gone to Baltimore, worked in, in D.C. But now you're going against the traffic, right? It's still when you make that trip from – it's still against the traffic, right? Yeah, I'm against the traffic. When I leave out in the morning, traffic's coming in the city, and I'm coming to Baltimore. When I go home, they're coming back up this way. So I don't usually catch traffic. I mean, that's not even an issue. And if it is, sometimes it, it happens. But I get to make my phone calls. I get to, you know, just sit back and – relax and think about the day, what we done, what we didn't do, and what we need to do. No doubt. Last thought, uh, I, as I mentioned, myriad of coaching experiences. Player at, well, you actually started at Gramlin, as you know, but for those that don't, started at Gramlin, finished up at Bowie State. Then you were an assistant coach at Bowie State, UDC, American, mm-hmm. uh, George Washington, Georgetown, Maryland, head coach at Binghamton. Uh, when you think back over the course of your career and where you are now trying to position Morgan uh, once again as a power and winning a MEAC tournament championship, what most comes to your mind? Just, you know, the, the thing that comes to my mind is it's not a sprint. It's a marathon. You're going to have ups. You, you can't get too up and you can't get too down. You know, this is about helping young men and women, you know, change their lives. You know, school Academia and athletics changed my life from a, a young boy from Northeast D.C. and got got a chance to go away to Grambling, came back, finished my career at Bowie. Um, it changed it, it changed the trajectory of my life because you know when you grow up, you see guys in your neighborhood. Some go the wrong way, some go the right way, some you know take their own way. So you know we got to keep that in mind. It's not just it is a business, but it's not just a business. We're in the business of helping others get to where they want to be. Like I always tell those the guys, look out their window. It's a tough world out there. You know, this is preparing you for it. So that's my biggest thing about, you know, where we are now in athletics, where we're going. We just got to keep moving forward because every day stuff is changing. Kevin brought us again fourth season as the head men's basketball coach at Morgan State. The Bears 10-8 and eight on the season, 3-0 and oh in MEAC play going to be in our nation's capital on Saturday at Howard. Again, winners of six straight. Coach Broadus, appreciate the time and the insight. Continued success to you and the Bears. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me, and, you know, Happy New Year, and 
Good luck the rest of the way for you. My time is about up. I thank you for yours. Thank you to Kevin Broaddus, the head men's basketball coach at Morgan State, for joining us on the program. For more information on Box to Row, log on to our website, BoxToRow.com. Also look for some information on the Clash in L.A. NASCAR's exhibition. We're going to be broadcasting live. We'll have some more information for you on that on our website, BoxToRow.com. And always remember to support those that support your Box to Row is produced by DW Communications. Strength where I've been weak. Strength where I've been weak. Forever he'll reign.